This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. This episode is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles, a company with a punny name but a seriously sustainable mission to make better bedding for everyone. Sheets and Giggles bedding consists of sustainably made 400 thread count eucalyptus sheets that are static-free, moisture-wicking, use no insecticides or pesticides, and are half the cost of their store-bought competition. Good Together listeners get 15% off at checkout by using the code BRIGHTLY at SheetsGiggles. If you're into interior design like me, it can be so tempting to get trendy pieces for your home that you're then stuck with later once they go out of style. A more sustainable option is one you might not have thought about before, renting your furniture. We got the chance to try out Oliver's furniture rental service, and I'm seriously impressed with the gorgeous terrazzo coffee table that's now sitting in my den. I get to have a trendy piece and not feel guilty about sending it to a new home once I'm done with it. Oliver makes sure your pieces are new when they come to you by using extremely high refurbishment standards and sanitization. And at the end of the road, all Oliver pieces go to their donation partner, Habitat for Humanity. Check out oliver.space to browse all of their sustainable and chic options and use code GOODTOGETHER to get 10% off your order. Summer is officially upon us, and with it comes tons of fun activities that we all can't wait to get into. I personally am really excited about getting into a pool as soon as I can. Some of these activities that we're used to doing are going to look a little bit different this year as we have to balance the traditions that we're used to with the need to stay healthy in the face of a pandemic. Also, some of these favorite summer things to do aren't quite as eco-friendly as they could be, but in this episode of Good Together, Lisa and I chat about how to responsibly swim and camp in the wild. We also share our favorite swimsuit brands and picnic-ready conscious eating recipes, and we talk about the impact that your upcoming road trip might have on the planet. We'll show you ways to tweak your plans slightly in order to have a big, hot impact on the planet this summer. Hey, Lisa, how's it going? Good. I can't believe it's almost 4th of July. I know. This year has been 
both the longest year and the shortest year ever, if that's even possible. <laughs> <laughs> this year makes everything possible, unfortunately, or fortunately, probably most unfortunately, but we're hopeful and this is a fun episode. <laughs> we promise <Yes>. you guys. <laughs> uh, we are talking about sustainable summer because despite, you know, the reality of COVID, it is summer. It is almost midsummer, right? Is, is 4th of July considered like midsummer point? Um, I think it's actually technically the beginning of the summer ish because I feel like I saw somebody just a few weeks maybe a week or two ago said it was officially summer so I think I think summer starts later than we actually feel like it does because you know a lot of people go off of like school um calendars and it's really not quite until June I don't know I mean, I'm not that expert. Yeah, I know the summer barbecue of, uh, normally starts like, you know, after Memorial Day. That's why I'm like, is that summer? Of course, you know, in Russia, summer starts later. But yep. anyways, we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it. And we thought it's finally time uh, for us to talk about all the fun summer activities and how to make them more planet friendly. Absolutely. Well, yeah, so super excited. I, um, you know, growing up, I was a lifeguard um, in the summers. Yeah. And for me... The summer just means a ton of sun, being in the pool, just hanging out. And, you know, obviously things are going to look a little bit different this year because of COVID. Um, you know, I think we're all very used to big group gatherings and parties and things like that. So as we're all trying to be responsible, I'm sure we're going to be doing kind of our own spin on these activities. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, we love being outside, right? And being outside and you know, social distancing goes really hand in hand yeah. so long as you're doing it right, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we'll go in this episode, we'll go into kind of some of the most popular summer activities and basically with our top tips on how you can make these summer activities as enjoyable as possible, uh, obviously uh, not forgetting about the COVID-19, but also as planet-friendly as possible. But before we kind of start your road trip or your camping trip, uh, if you will, I wanted to give a shout out. Well, I'm... Um, I guess it's to myself. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you mean a pat yeah. on the back? <laughs> yeah, just, uh, you know, full of tips. But no, recently I went actually on a social distance uh, camping trip uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, this is a kind of a tip for most like uh, plant moms and plant dads uh, but I quickly realized because you know during COVID I haven't left the house for more than a few hours for months at this point right and of mm -hmm. course I can't just ask my friends to come in into, inside my house to water my plants I'm like what do I do I don't have especially outside I don't really have this whole watering system going on and you know the watering globes they're pretty popular yeah. uh, they are actually not as cheap cheap. Uh, and as, as I found out quickly, uh, the couple of small watering globes will be about $10 at your local store. Uh, probably much cheaper, you know, if you go to Home Depot. And the big ones go up to $20 a pair, right? And of course, if you have even a small garden like what I have, you need probably at least 10 of them, if not 20 or 15, ideally. So what I did, uh, and actually the idea came more from my mom, she kept saying, you know, use any of the plastic water bottles you have and just like put it upside down and make a small hole in the cap. And there you go. And I'm like, mom, I don't have plastic water bottles anymore. Yeah. But what I have is wine bottles. I have I have wine bottles uh, saved up and I, I'm not creative at all. So and finally it dawned on me, this was uh, the time for my wine bottles to shine and not just to go into recycling. Same oh, that's thing, awesome. Yeah, same thing goes for your olive oil, like small bottles, uh, soy sauce, um, and uh, we share this tip actually on Brightless TikTok. It's at TikTok.com 
com slash brightly.eco and you can use the small bottles uh, like olive oil or sauces in your containers right outside or even in your with your inside plants as well some people on tiktok even said those tiny you know liquor bottles oh you yeah like the ones you get from the mini bar that's yes, hilarious yes remember we got a few of them from that cocktail class uh, that snapchat organized for us oh that's <laughs> right yeah by party so yeah you can it's actually it was a brilliant idea you can use those tiny bottles uh for your house plants but basically the point is that watering globes they release water very very slowly like one to two weeks and that's great for long trips but i was going only for a three-day trip if, if that and I really needed for California sunshine outside. I really needed my plants to be really well watered. So if you if you don't even use the cap on your water bottles or any other bottle you have, uh, what will happen, the water will just be released much faster, which in my case is fine. If you're going on just a short trip, two, three days, you don't even need a cap. You don't need, need small holes. Just let it release naturally. And again, voila, um, I mean, your garden will be covered in wine bottles or whatever bottles you have, but it will work, I promise you. <laughs> so that's kind of a fun tip that we have um for people who are just considering the trips but let's start with the road trips flora i know you have a lot of um tips on that yeah for sure and i i I also feel like this tip that you're sharing about the the wine bottles Mm -hmm. to water things i mean you know a lot of times people ask us about recycling and we've talked about that at length on past episodes and you know, even if, you know, the, the best case scenario, if you re- you send something to the recycling bin and it actually gets recycled, that requires a ton of energy, et cetera. Yeah. So while it's, of course, better to use something that can be recycled, what's even better is to not put in the bin in the first place. Exactly. So, uh, you know, wine, like you and I love our wine. We probably have way too many bottles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's a really awesome way to actually like upcycle something. Yeah, upcycling is, so is definitely a much better solution for the environment than recycling. So, um, yeah, just and we covered that in the previous episode. We can link to that with Zero Waste, right, with Catherine on any of our, one of the coffee chats. Uh, one step to like starting zero waste is actually coming up with creative uses for the for the things you already have in your house it's not that easy but sometimes uh you know it can come to you quite naturally that's awesome but yeah let's let's get into road trips like mm-hmm. you're talking about because i feel like that is such an a quintessential american pastime um of course everyone does them around the world but there's just like something about hearing the word summer and thinking about just going on a on a trip in your in your car and actually this year more than ever they're expecting um you know thousands and thousands of people to hit the roads actually not even thousands millions yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah millions of people i mean truly uh we just saw the statistic that said nearly one in three americans are planning to take a road trip this summer because of a few things one is gas prices right now are at a record low Um, Another is COVID concerns. So people are trying to like think about ways to social distance and, you know, get on the road and still still get outside. I've also heard like camper vans and all of that. While those have been popular in recent years because of the tiny home movement and all of that, like these things are even in more demand than they ever have been before. Um, So you know, we all know that driving long distances is not the most sustainable thing you can do. Um, you know, it's it's certainly more sustainable than getting in a getting in a plane. I yeah. will say that. Um, so, you know, there's always going to be a, an area where we can improve from a carbon emission standpoint. 
but we know you're going to do it. So let's talk about like how you can make it a more eco-friendly, you know, let's, let's tweak it a little bit basically. Mm -hmm. So, so one thing that you can do before you get in the car is actually just make sure that your car um, is up to date with inspections. Uh, So, you know, you probably already have done that, but if you haven't, now's a good time to do things like, you know, check the, uh, the, uh, pressure in your tires because Mm -hmm. that increases your fuel efficiency if you've got the right amount of air pressure in there. Um, You know, we also want to make sure that when you're putting stuff into the car, you're like packing light um, because that's actually not going to weigh the car down as much. So that can increase um, your, you know, the efficiency of your fuel, fuel, which is super interesting. Obviously, like if you can get a more fuel efficient vehicle, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't really seem to me like something people do on a regular basis. So that's fine. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, take I the think, car you have, right? <laughs> yeah, I think either take the car you have or um, use one of the rental services, right? If that's available. Like my husband always kind of complain our poor Toyota Camry struggles here in California, uh, mountainous roads, <laughs> especially because some weight. But um, yeah, if you kind of want a uh, special the car has some mileage on it if you kind of want to just uh be sure in your car maybe if you're renting a car make sure the 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 car you're renting is also uh you know fuel efficient that will be great for the environment yeah absolutely there's also um a few different camper van rental services out there which is interesting so it's another way to kind of try before you buy um saves you money yeah and you know kind of allows you to have a new experience before you make that big jump into ownership which again, we're always about like trying before you buy, right? Yeah, um, oh, that's a great one. Yeah, definitely wouldn't jump in a decision to own a camper van. That's uh, yeah. that's a great tip. Oh, we like my husband and I secretly really want to do this. And uh-huh. the other day, I mean, like we really want to take uh, like one of those um, vans and convert it. One of those like sort of van mm-hmm. life uh, situations. But we know that we couldn't do that full time. So we were kind of like, why would we get on that expense. I mean, my husband's pretty handy, so I don't, I think we could do it relatively cheaply, but even still, let's say we did that. I guarantee you that thing would be parked in the driveway most of its life. Oh yeah, so like, for sure. That doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, if we ever end up going that route, then I'd want to make sure that I have like a good way to help like rent it out to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's silly to have it just sitting there and being kind of wasteful. Um, but yeah, so, you know, let's see, we we have uh, made sure that our car is up to date with inspections. We packed light, which that's easier said than done. Yeah. But again, like, you know, get organized. Don't weigh the car down. That's interesting. Um, and another thing is, too, in addition to, like, the planning that goes into packing what you bring, you can also, um, you. it's really, really interesting to plan your trip out ahead of time. And if you do that, then you can actually ensure that you're going the most direct route. So that's obviously going to save on the amount of uh, driving that you do. Um, or it'll, it'll help you avoid like backtracking and getting lost and all sorts of things. Yeah. Planning is a key. Uh, we always say that, but look at us here. We are talking about 4th of July, like three days before that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I mean, really, you don't have to have this like grand master plan. No, but no. Just, just do your like, research, right? Just do your research. And I promise you, it's going to cut down on arguments in the car. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's a benefit for sure. Right. Um, and you know, alongside that, as you're planning, Try and roughly um, plan out where you want to eat and mm-hmm. where you want to um, support local businesses. So I know a lot of people like 
when you think of road trips, you think about like the McDonald's run or like the fast food run. And sure, like if you're in the middle of um, uh, nowhere and something pops up, you're going to get whatever you can. But one thing that I think is always super fun, right, when we travel is to just support those local businesses, especially right now. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's huge support for local businesses. And it's you just get to experience this area on a whole different level, right? McDonald's are all across the US and mostly even across the world relatively same experience, right? But when you're visiting yep. uh, local businesses, it's totally different. And I think the beauty of um, for those of us living in the city, actual local businesses uh, in the more rural communities around the US, uh, you know, there's way less people there. So the COVID restrictions might be uh, a little bit kind of felt a bit less there. So you actually might be able to sit and have a meal in the restaurant. Exactly. And I feel like, um, you know, as we think about the impact that this pandemic has had on on folks, a lot of it is just related to these seasonal activities that we do. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone is not only are they are, you know, restaurants missing your business, but, you know, I imagine certain summertime destinations and, you know, seasonal things are, are also Absolutely. hurting worse, right? So, you know, plan ahead. Check out the business's Facebook page. I think that that's, to me, the, been the most reliable source of mm. up-to-date information, either Facebook or Instagram, because most business owners have those accounts and they know how to post to them quickly. So they'll post like, you know, daily hours or like most up-to-date things. Um, I've tried calling ahead too. That's another way to do it, mm-hmm. but sometimes Absolutely. people don't answer. Um, so yeah, before you head out, just double check, make sure that they're open Um, but yeah, chart that, chart that out. And honestly, like, you know, let's say you're on a really long road trip. You actually do want to know what's open and what's not so that you're prepared, right? So that you're not banking on, you know, going grocery shopping somewhere and, you know, you're going to go grocery shopping in a small town that's used to a ton of seasonal business that now doesn't have that. So now they're shut down, you know, like there's all sorts of uncertainties there that you can kind of put to bed if you plan ahead. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I think in this new pand- pandemic reality, planning ahead is almost a must. Like even going out in, you know, on your local street, you know, it's completely different uh, reality out there. Um, so yeah, let's, and yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say like I also feel like planning ahead is super key when it comes to camping, which I know is our next topic. Yeah. But I remember when I first moved to California. Um, And this is going to depend on wherever you are, you know, in the States, around the world. But, you know, wherever you're going, make sure you check, um, you know, to see where, you know, where you actually can camp. But I say this because um, before I lived, uh, moved to California, I lived in Washington, um, the state of Washington, and they had a lot more land that was um, just kind of like free camp, or I don't know what the term mm-hmm. is. My husband would you know, be like, I can't believe you use that term. I don't know what the term is, <laughs> but it was much more flexible. So like you could roll up and as long as you're being responsible, which we'll talk about in a second, you can um, camp there. Well, California is not really like that where no. there's not that, you know, not that many opportunities to do that kind of last minute camping. And so, yeah, I mean, like you'll quickly find that if you're looking for like you know, I, I would say a prime camp spot, but those are gone like years in advance yeah. sometimes. So it's like if you're even just looking for a place to set your tent, 
make sure you check before you go because we've definitely been on the other end where we didn't. We thought we could do something and then we literally had to turn around and drive back like hours late at night. So don't. Don't don't be like us. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No, with camping, I think especially it takes planning ahead of time because you need gear, right? Um, There is a lot of things. If you, you know, whatever you will wherever you are camping, uh, whether it's hot or cold, you know, night and day temperatures can vary quite drastically. Uh, but you need gear to kind of be as comfortable as you can with the nature, right? And kind of our main and best advice, of course, uh, if you are not a hardcore camper, if you don't go out camping uh, quite often, the best way to go is, of course, rent uh, like just borrowing stuff from friends. That w- that was an ideal solution, but might not be uh, as ideal right now during this pandemic, right? Just borrowing things from friends, especially things like sleeping bags uh, or even tent themselves, you can still rent uh, and you can rent camping gear on REI.com. I know REI is probably very popular on both coasts. I'm not sure if they have a very large presence like all across the United States. I haven't checked Bus Pro Shop. I know there are quite a lot of them, but they don't don't have rental services, unfortunately. I don't believe Bus Pro does. Yeah, I I checked their site. I would imagine that in your friend circle, you've got a gear person and they will know that person in our circle is my husband. He has so much camping gear. My husband has so much gear, period, but he loves to go camping um, and he's got a ton of gear and we've absolutely loaned it out to friends in the past. Um, you know, if you if you have that, um, you know, person in your group, you can also have a bit of trust there. Make sure that you sanitize stuff, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, don't go out and buy a bunch of stuff like my husband most of the stuff that he acquired actually was like before we married (laughs) like he still has it um but literally this this time i'd be like can you just not buy everything we just don't need to (laughs) yeah just calm down yeah just consider how many times a year over the next five years you will realistically go go on camping i actually uh yeah bought camping gear uh right when i moved to uh to california and of course i was like i'm gonna be camping quite a a lot i did camp like i don't know two three four times maybe even five times uh so far but uh you know it's okay to buy it but be kind of more realistic uh what kind of camper you are right you don't need to buy this fancy super super expensive camping an Alaska kind of gear, right? Leave it to professionals. I am um, probably not the most sustainable option. I don't know how many years ago. That was like five years ago, probably. I bought my stuff from Target. Um, again, not great, but it's it's absolutely fine. I think the tent probably was like, I don't know, 40 bucks, sleeping bag the same way. Again, this is not the best sleeping bag. I won't be able to sleep in like negative temperatures in it, but it's perfectly fine for a camper once a year camper like me. But again, ideally, um, you know, rent it out, especially if you have availability. Um, um, for you to rent, uh, renting the gear, especially when it comes to more expensive uh, things that you might need. Exactly. Um, and I feel like we just, like in one of our recent episodes, we talked about textiles and sort of how, um, you know, mm-hmm. fabrics can have negative impacts on the environment and athletic camping outdoor yeah. gear is notorious for using Absolutely. plastics or weird chemicals to kind of, uh, you know, offset, you know, extreme conditions, etc. And so if you do buy that, then, you know, you need to make sure that you're going to want to use that for years and years because sending it to the dump or, um, you know, letting it just, you know, 
it's it's not going to go anywhere. No, <laughs> that's going to last last forever, regardless if you're using it or not. Exactly. So make sure you use it, and um, yeah, definitely don't be um, you know, shy to uh, loan it out to your friends if they need it to. Um, yeah, and wait, if you mm-hmm. take something from a friend, be nice. Take care. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Whether it's yours or your friends, and again, these things will last you for years. Um, and there's not nothing special you need to do them. Just store them. Don't you know mess them up somehow. Just store them in your garage, and whenever you're ready to camp, uh, take it or rent it. So another, of course, main thing whenever you're going outside of civilization, uh, so to say, bringing water. Right? If you yes. don't have a water source, uh, which usually you don't have clean water source when you're camping, you have to bring water with you uh and in these instances unfortunately most in most cases we have to buy you know plastic containers and of course buy in bulk right it just instead of buying tiny tiny water bottles uh just buy huge five pound containers um and of course always have your reusable water bottles with you especially if you're hiking swimming and things like that for sure. I mean, and there's also other things you can do for water. Um, you know, you can bring the filter. Uh, system, systems that will filter. Um, we actually have water bottles that have a little filter in them. Um, so even though like I like to camp, I'm a little bit squeamish. So this kind of grosses me out, but mm-hmm. it does work. Um, and my husband makes us do it because his thing is like he doesn't want us to be weighed down with stuff. Yeah, if if you're going to go like hiking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you can use that. You can also get a giant um, container that you want to reuse, um, you know, to, to bring water with. So, yeah, I mean, just 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 figure it out. But, uh, yeah, be responsible. Yeah. And of course, as uh, we said in the beginning, uh, as you're planning ahead, especially if you're kind of camping with a group of friends, um, again, uh, taking into reality that we are living during pandemic, uh, make a list of food uh, that, you know, that you friends will be sharing or you will be cooking, however you kind of uh, assign the cooking responsibilities so that you don't have any leftovers, especially like we had the same tip during, you know, any party or event planning, whenever you get together pre-COVID with your friends but if it's even more true with camping so many so much food can so easily go to waste because you don't have refrigeration uh you don't you only have the coolers hopefully and the leftovers just won't sustain be able to sustain and survive the summer heat right Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's such a good opportunity to look for recipes that don't contain meat. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that that has the capacity to go bad quicker. Um, so yeah, we'll talk a little bit about some of our favorite recipes yeah. in a little bit. But I feel like, yeah, in general, it makes total sense. Um, another tip I have for camping is making sure that you stay on the trails and don't disturb wildlife. Um, and make sure that your dogs are on your leash, like Please. I feel like, um, you know, my family has dogs. We have three dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, But we when we go to, you know, natural areas with the dogs, we always keep them on the leash uh, because, you know, even if you have a super well-trained dog, a dog might see something and start running anyway. They can get on the trail, get off the trail, sorry, and Mm -hmm. really disturb wildlife. So just be and same thing with you. Just like stay on the trail. Um, unless you're in an area that, you know, is okay with that, but most of them aren't, right? (laughs) 
Exactly, exactly. And of course, responsible campfire, right? I, I'm a fan of campfires. I always kind of, that's kind of the ultimate camping experience for me. Uh, and we, of course, we are in California. There's been so many fires over the years here. So we, when we went camping here, it was actually quite windy. We actually got a portable uh, fire extinguisher just to be extra safe. But especially in California, I think it's almost like a must to have the fire extinguisher because you never know uh, what's going to happen here but um otherwise be very responsible no matter where you are in the u.s or the world uh, exactly fire and burning wood like that's not great for the atmosphere either um you know as a matter of fact like there's a lot of uh signs around the bay area that talk about like don't burn wood during the winter um you know because of you know the the amount of um you know particles and things it puts into the environment listen like you got to live a little bit, like have a campfire if you want. (laughs) Um, But just, you know, realize that there is an impact there and yeah, just be mindful. Yep, exactly. Well, uh, one of the favorite summer activities by far, uh, I think both Laura and I are huge fans of that. That's swimming, right? Yes, Lisa and I were both on swim, swim team growing up. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pretty big connection. So I know you yeah. did a lot of uh, research in swimming, uh, and we'll talk about both kind of like a natural swimming and man-made swimming. Uh, yeah. Must, uh, like, let's talk about natural since we uh, we took the road trip, we camped up, and we have a lake <laughs> in front of us. Thanks so much for listening. We'll get back to today's episode in just a second, but we wanted to take a break to recognize a few companies that we've partnered with. Right now, there are thousands of ethical brands out there, which can be confusing and overwhelming. This is why Brightly exists. We are your guide to doing good in the world through conscious consumerism. We personally vet and try products from every single brand that we partner with, both on our podcast and on our platform, brightly.eco, so that you don't have to do the research yourself. Partnerships like this are what helps Brightly and our community grow and increase our impact. Thank you. Laura, you've probably heard me talk all the time about my love for sheets and giggles. I've been sleeping on their new sustainable eucalyptus sheets for the past three months straight. I recommend them a thousand percent. Every week I wash them and put them back on the bed right away. They're my go-to sheets. All of my other sheets, even the ethical ones, are taking a long break. After hearing you rave about them for so long, I finally got to try their new eucalyptus comforter. I'm a weirdo. I really like having a comforter on my bed all the time, even in the middle of the summer. And I haven't been waking up hot when I've been using this one from Sheets and Giggles. It's a great ethical and sustainable alternative to the down one we used to use that's now sitting on our guest bed. Another thing I love about Sheets and Giggles is that they don't use plastic packaging and their materials don't use pesticides. So they're kind to our animal and insect friends. They also plant a tree for each sheet set that is sold, and they are passionate about giving back. They give 10% off to their customers who donate their old sheets to homeless shelters and have donated over $40,000 to Colorado COVID relief. That's awesome. Good Together listeners get 15% off at checkout by using the code BRIGHTLY at sheetsgiggles.com. So I just went over to Laura's house recently and was shocked at how clean it is, especially since you guys just adopted a new puppy. <laughs> Very funny. We are definitely not neat freaks at my house, but it's been pretty messy lately with all those pups. 
When I find cleaning products that are natural, safe, and incredibly effective, I have to shout it from the rooftops. I gave my place a once-over with Puracy products right before you got there, and it did look pretty sparkly if I say so myself. Seriously, when we started learning about Puracy, we were also excited to learn that they're 100% made in the U.S. and their team is obsessed about plant-powered performance. They also offer more than just cleaning products. My personal favorite I've tried from them is their organic hand and body lotion. It's very moisturizing, but not greasy. It's also great to use right after their hand sanitizer, which is also super effective. Puracy has over a million customers and thousands of five-star reviews, so don't just take our word for it. Although, we hope you do. (laughs) (laughs) Head to puracy.com slash brightly for 10% off your order. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that's where a lot of people want to go, right? Mm -hmm. Is where the water is because you want to cool off. Um, you know, if you're on the coast, like we are, you might see the ocean frequently, but it's probably freezing cold. (laughs) So you're probably going to head in inwards to get a lake. Um, you know, I grew up going to the lake frequently. And one of the things that, um, we would talk about is, you know, the water situation, like what's going into the water and, um, you know, how, how do we navigate that? Right. As, as folks who want to swim and consumers and, and all that. So, you know, when you get to the water source, first of all, like, make sure you pay attention to signs. Um, So depending on how many, there's so many different factors that go into here, um, such as the amount of people that have been using the body of water, um, whether or not the body of water has had any kind of sewage runoff, Mm -hmm. yucky, um, or, you know, that, uh, agricultural runoff as well. Um, That also contributes to things like uh, bacteria infestations, which is gross, or (laughs) um, algae blooms. Um, That's something that I noticed more and more um, growing up. Like an algae bloom is essentially when um, you get to a lake and you, or another body water pond, et cetera, and you see that it's basically being taken over by algae. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times that algae can be um, dangerous, to people, to animals, even more frequently. So like if you're, we have a golden retriever, she loves to just jump in the first water that she can. And so just make sure you're being really mindful of what the sign says. Um, because a lot of times, you know, unfortunately in today's day and age, we'll, we'll run into issues with that because of overcrowding. Um, I also was really fascinated to learn that, um, you know, sources like the university of Miami, um, have said that they think, more algae blooms and more bacteria um, you know, sort of growths are happening because of climate change. Um, hmm. That's because these warmer temperatures yeah. are actually going to provide more fertile grounds for for the for the nasty stuff to grow. Um, so that's just something we're thinking through, right? When we when we talk about climate change, it always seems like a very abstract concept, but mm-hmm. when you can relate it back to how it affects your daily life, it can be a bit more interesting. Yeah. And yeah, you had a great tip and something uh, actually our scouts, of course, everyone is um, thinking about sunscreens these days, right? I mean, yes. um, in summer. So uh, you can actually be a good store uh, of the environment if you uh, wear reef-friendly uh, sunscreen. Uh, Laura, you want to tell us your favorite uh, brands and kind of explain what makes them reef-friendly, actually? Yes, for sure. Um, So reef friendly just means that the sunscreen that you're putting on your body is not going to wash off and cause harm to, Mm -hmm. I mean, specifically reef friendly is tested for its impact on coral reef. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you, if you look for that um, labeling or, or, you know, wording, then you're going to, you know, be set if you're considering the environmental impact there. Um, The most, um, you know, 
sustainable, eco-friendly way um, to protect yourself against the sun is to use a physical sunscreen. And we, we got into this a little bit in one of our clean beauty episodes, mm-hmm. but a physical sunscreen uses zinc oxide to actually physically block the rays from mm-hmm. you know, penetrating your, your the layer of your skin. Um, and so that typically is going to be the most um, eco-friendly option that you can find. Um, depending on the maker, you might look like <laughs> you might look like a ghost. Um, so you definitely oh, want to yeah. find brands that actually use really small particles or um, find creative ways to to getting that white cast off. And so two of my favorite brands. So for my face, I really like this brand called Kula. It's like C-O-O-L-A, Kula. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just saw them and Alba Botanica, which my is, is my other favorite brand. I see that Costco is selling both of them right oh, now, locally, nice. which is really nice. Um, so Kula is great um, for the face. I think they have a body sunscreen too, but they are kind of pricey. So what I like to do is find you know, something, if, if I find something that looks good, looks good when it's put on my face, you know, it's not, I don't look like a ghost and it doesn't break me out, which is oftentimes what this stuff does. Yeah. And I get super excited. So cool is great. And then yeah, Alba Botanica, um, they, I use their shampoo almost every day. I use their sunscreen. They're great. So yeah, find, find an option that works for you and your budget, but, um, just pay attention to what's in there. Um, you know, alongside sunscreen, there's also bug repellent. And, um, you know, bug repellent is, you know, obviously more um, applicable when we're talking about camping. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of uh, bug repellent contains this uh, chemical in it called DEET. Um, and DEET has, I'm not going to get into it, but lots of problems in terms of the environmental impact it has, the way it affects you, your body and things like that. And so, just pay attention to what kind of uh, stuff is in your bug repellent. I actually found something, I think it was on Amazon, um, that was, I can't, I'll, if we, if I can figure it out, we'll link to it in the show notes, but it was something that I found that actually worked really well and didn't have deed on it. So just be on the lookout. Um, you know, again, if you're going to go somewhere where there's like a super high risk of something like malaria or like the stakes are super high with mosquito bites, then yeah, you might exactly. weigh those options, right? But exactly. worth calling out. Yeah. And in general, you know, the type of toiletries you use in the outdoors, um, you know, you shouldn't overlook and forget them because everything is kind of goes directly either into the soil or into the water, right? So yep. um some of the uh, things that we recommend, and actually I found this tip on the REI blog, is that use biodegradable uh, soap and toothpaste and other toiletries. And our my personal top recommendation, something I always travel with wherever, if I'm going camping into the nature or just just traveling in general is Dr. Bronner's soap. Um, yes, it's just, love it. Uh, you know, I think everybody loves it. And hopefully if you if you don't know it, you can probably find it in Target. Um, I don't know if they're sold in Walmart yet. Of course, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's probably. It's a multi-purpose Castile, Castile soap, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Castile, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, right. yeah, yeah. you can wash your stuff with it, especially if you're traveling internationally. If you don't want to take a bunch of stuff with you, Dr. Bronner's is the way to go. And I usually you have, I have my giant, uh, giant kind of um, bottle of it that I've been using probably up to almost a year at this point, but I have my travel small size that I just keep refilling from the giant bottle. And again, uh, because it's made all from natural organic ingredients, it is uh, biodegradable as well. And for the toothpaste, same thing. 
One of the toothpaste actually I have bought recently and have seen um, so many of kind of sustainability uh, influencers all over the internet share about is David's toothpaste. Uh, you can find them in the Whole Foods at your local Target too. It's made using the highest quality naturally sourced and naturally derived ingredients, which basically means it can be, uh, it's, if it goes into the soil or water, it will be fine. It will be able to degrade, uh, biodegrade. Biodegrade, is that a word? <laughs> yeah, yeah, by, well... You know, I, I guess know. it would just deg degrade. degrade naturally. Yeah, degrade naturally. Biodegradable. Yeah, basically, as, as long as um, your toiletries are using only natural ingredients, it's fine to put them inside the environment, inside the soil or water. Um, so I don't know, Flora, if you have anything to add to that point. Um, no, I don't think so. But just, just make sure that you're being thoughtful about it. Um, and then... You know, we we were talking a lot about like natural yeah. um, pools and, you know, again, make sure that you're not contributing to overcrowding, um, you know, just because something gets put on Instagram might mean that it ends up getting kind of um, saturated. So, yeah, just be respectful of what's around you. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of us also go to man-made pools, depending on where you are located in the country. Uh, I grew up in Texas where... I mean, they were, you'd be hard to find a house that didn't have a pool. We didn't, but we, um, there was a community pool that we went to and I was mm -hmm. a lifeguard there. And of course you and I, Lisa were both in swim teams. So we were like exposed to chlorine water pretty much a bit year much. round, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, the indoor pools and things like that. And so, um, as we talked about this episode, I was pretty fascinated to learn, um, about the differences between like chlorinated pools and then saltwater pools. Mm -hmm. um, so did have you ever been in like a, a man-made saltwater pool? Nope. Nope. Yeah. All like good old chlorine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of a, a new trend yep. because on the surface you hear the word saltwater and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. So eco-friendly. I'm done. Sign me up. Well, first of all, they're super expensive to get installed. Um, you know, they're, they're not quite um, mainstream yet, if you will. So they're expensive. But the other thing that's interesting is they still have chlorine in them, these saltwater mm, pools. So, um, so they're, yeah, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's less, it's much less. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, from what I was learning, the mechanism by which the chlorine works is different than like a standard pool. So a standard pool, you like dump the chemicals in, which as we all know, those chemicals are not eco-friendly, you know, we, we, duh, right? I literally <laughs> so did, did, like, my um, eyebrows were completely white, and I almost didn't have my arm hair at one point when I was swimming <laughs> for my college, because we just realized that they just dumped insane amount of chlorine. So, like, anything that does uh, such, has such a crazy physical effect on your body, uh, you can just imagine how harmful it is for you. Exactly. So yes, uh, you know, there, there's all sorts of chemicals that are involved in, you know, in the need to treat pools to where we don't have these icky bacterial, um, you know, solutions that are happening. But, um, you know, in one thing that I found interesting was, yes, saltwater pools do still have chlorine. They definitely use less chlorine. So overall, they are better, um, you know, for the environment. But one thing that we actually don't have very much in the States, but are super popular in Europe. Um, are called the natural pools, which I hadn't heard of. So basically, these are pools that people set up that actually use plants to act as filters um, and, you know, to kind of stop the bacterial overgrowth. Like literally just, it's almost like just like making your own little lake in your backyard. Isn't that's that cool? That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. So I've never that. seen one of those, but um, it's super interesting. And 
you know, you mentioned you, <laughs> you had your hair fall out because of fluorine. I mean, like, that's terrible. It I remember is. my hair was like super brittle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even at, before that chlorine gets into your body, you know, the manufacturing of chlorine actually leads to mercury emissions, which is terrible. Um, you know, when they're transporting these chemicals, that's also, you know, just having an impact on the environment as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's problematic to say the least. Uh, I I can tell you that there's no way that people are going to stop going to swimming pools. Absolutely. So, you know, again, this is one of these things where, like, we're giving you some info. It's interesting to think about. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe when it comes time for you to install your own pool, which, like, duh, we're all getting these big mansions with installing <laughs> pools, maybe we'll all get saltwater pools. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or even for natural sure. pools, right? <laughs> Exactly. So uh, while we're talking uh, about us getting a pool or getting into the pool, if you already have a pool, uh, let's talk about briefly about some of the kind of summer brands um, that we'd love to recommend. And of course, um, you know, because we, we've been getting a lot of questions from our community about, you know, swimwear, of course, summer dresses. Uh, basically, if you need to upgrade your summer wardrobe, uh, you know, buying secondhand, as we always say, it's always the most eco-friendly and wallet-friendly option around, right? Uh, yeah. But if you prefer buying new, especially in the case of swimwear, right, uh, we'll just give you our three favorite kind of uh, brand recommendation. And my favorite one um, recently uh, has been Prana. Uh, not all the products are perfect, as we like to say, not all of them are fair trade certified, but we love Prana because of their exact of their imperfect approach to sustainability, meaning that they know that they have a long way to go despite their various sustainability initiatives. Besides the fair trade certified uh, uh, fabrics that they have, they also have organic cotton, recycled wool, responsible down, uh, and a thing called, initiative called Blue Design. It has all the different aspects that go into it, protecting the oceans, kind of uh, fighting the textile ways that we talked about in the previous episode. Uh, uh, but basically they care and they're on the right trajectory in terms of how their brands approaches sustainability. So that's kind of why they are brightly approved. And I actually got their summer dress and a one-piece swimsuit from them last year. And they just became quickly my summer staple. So, uh, you know, whenever you find the perfect kind of sustainability and quality match, as well as the design and shape and form and functionality, especially when it comes to swimwear, uh, it's a win for me. So uh, for swimwear and kind of summer dresses, Prana is my pick. Awesome. Um, So I don't have a specific... um suit or swimsuit Mm -hmm. recommendation just because one of my tips is like get a swimsuit that fits you please yes (laughs) like (laughs) I know um that it can be super tempting to get a really trendy swimsuit um you know maybe one that it's it's just looks a specific way etc but for me the best tip is always just to be just to get a really awesome, reliable one piece that I don't feel like self-conscious in. I just have that ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like maybe every once in a while I'll get a, a trendy one. But, you know, the, the materials like we we're talking about earlier, um, polyester, uh, yes. you know, it's super bad um, for the environment once the, the microplastics get up, get into the environment. So, you know, buy a swimsuit that fits. You know, you, this might actually be an opportunity to have an investment piece, too. Um, so figure figure that out because I think in general that can be super helpful. Yeah, unless um, you in like summer, uh, three hundred sixty five uh, days a year summer weather, you know your swimsuits should absolutely last you at least two, probably five years easily. You, yeah, exactly. 
Um, another women's fashion brand we want to give a shout out to is Able or Fashionable. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they kind of go by both. Um, but they have some beautiful summer dresses, clothing. Um, you know, I love, you know, I, they've got this beautiful denim jacket that I'm a huge fan of that I talked about before. But I love to throw on a denim jacket over, you know, anything, a really quick really. cover up anything. Yeah. Um, so they've got some really pretty offerings right now. I highly recommend. Um, we've heard good things about um, for swimsuits specifically. We've also heard good things about um, there's a brand called June Swim. Um, mm-hmm. That's a black owned business that we featured in one of our articles recently. So that is something that, um, you know, we've heard really good things about. Um, Somersault is another. Um, I'm not 100% sure. That was literally just recommended to us earlier today by a scout. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. We've got, we still have to do the research on that one. Um, but I believe they use recycled polyester. Again, make sure that you're going out and, and um, you know, just double checking. And yeah. we are more than happy to come up with a uh, swimsuit roundup. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll do that and post it on brightly for sure. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of summer dresses, um, a known supplier brand that both Laura and I have loved, uh, for a while, I, I'm their fair trade. All of their pieces are made by artisans in Peru and Uganda. Uh, but why I'm such a huge fan of theirs besides being their fair trade. Um, I got their dress, uh, well now it's almost three years ago. And, uh, right before my trip to Africa, I went to uh, four different countries, Morocco, Ghana, Kenya, and Tunisia, I literally wore that dress probably at least 80% of the trip. Like, I'm not kidding you. Uh, and it's super lightweight. It's really, really easy to wash, especially, again, when you're traveling internationally in summer, you get hot, you get dirty. Uh, wh- whatever material uh, is easy to wash by hand and to dry outside, that's a, that's a great option for me. And if you can just throw, um, you know, a T-shirt or a top on top of it and kind of makes it multifunctional and uh, creates almost a couple of different outfits. Um, again, I've owned this dress for over three years it's great quality and their prices are very affordable too so again it's known supply um that's our kind of final brand recommendation absolutely so let's end it on uh you know a a, a food note because we're always talking about food but yeah like i feel like another thing we all do during the summer is a picnic and you know we're probably a bit more used to um sending you know, uh, go, sending our favorite dish to a neighborhood gathering, which probably won't happen this year. Um, but I feel like there's so many different ways that you can have um, an eco-friendly picnic, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, eco-friendly picnic. This, I mean, it's. I think picnic is kind of has been a nice way for us to see our friends without, you know, being um, too close to each other because we yes. are outside, right? So that that's a great option for like socially distant, uh, distanced, seeing your friends socially distanced. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love the tip that you've mentioned, shop, shopping local produce. It's summer, right? Yeah. I mean, this is such a great time to experiment with veggie recipes, vegetarian recipes. So I think, um, you know, a lot of us think about like barbecues and grilling meat and sure, like that is very, especially here in the States, like that's a very big um, tradition associated with like summer and picnics, et cetera, et cetera. But when we have in the summer, we have access to the most beautiful and best tasting produce you're going to get all year. So use that, like let that produce be the star of the meal and I'm telling you, like, it, most of the time, it's so good, you're not even going to miss it. Like, my mom used to make this stuff called, she called it summer spaghetti, but everybody pretty much makes their own version of this, where it's literally 
um, tomatoes that have been like they're nice, like beautiful summer tomatoes. You mm-hmm. don't cook them. Um, you put them in a bowl with some spaghetti and olive oil, a little bit of garlic, and that's it. Like yeah. it, it just is just this really fresh basil. Sorry, don't don't forget the basil. Oh yeah. Um, and it's almost like a caprese salad, but on spaghetti. And I think, you know, for me that was like one of the most interesting sort of vegetarian type recipes we ever made. But you know, just you use the produce to your advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, even right now during COVID, like one of the um, activities that we can enjoy still is, I think it's past this season already, but strawberry picking, cherry picking, especially if you have kids, that's a fun activity. And again, you are consuming local produce. And again, just because it's grown locally, because it's in season, it's just going to taste so much better. Um, So that's a huge one. And of course, uh, if you're going camping or or picnicking or just kind of sharing um, um, kind of the meal, again, and hopefully not sharing the food right now with your friends uh, <laughs> but uh, use compostable plates right if we can't we can't use just our regular utensils because we don't want to share it with uh people we're not quarantining with um use compostable uh, compostable plates whenever possible right yeah or or bring um you know actually one somebody gifted me this really pretty picnic basket i think i've talked oh, about yes. this before in a past episode um and i remember when i got that gift i was like this is kind of weird, <laughs> like because it was it was this picnic basket with um, nice plates and real silverware, and um, I don't know if there's glassware, but anyway, I remember thinking that's kind of interesting. Well, because it comes, to, you know, to find out, it's been such a fun way to kind of have a fancy picnic, um, yeah. and then. When we're done, we just put the dishes back in and we wash them. Like, ooh, you know, can, can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, picnic basket is a must. And of course, you can find artisanal ones. Uh, you know, there's so many. You probably have seen all across our social channels and from some of our brands. Um, there is a lot of like fair trade, gorgeous picnic baskets you can buy. Uh, and always be on the lookout either for fair trade or sustainable materials uh, whenever you're, if you're in the hunt for the perfect picnic basket. Yeah. Well, I already feel like we've gotten a slice of summer yeah. just by talking on this episode. <laughs> exactly. No, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, we kind of try to give you a, a brief overview, but if you have any of your own favorite kind of sustainability tips, be it summer, it's cooking, again, you know where to reach us. It's hello at brightly.eco. We're brightly.eco on TikTok, Instagram. We have a Facebook group. Just search for Good Together, right? It's, it's a group for you, our podcast fans, uh, and we'll be right there for listening to your tips and uh, Uh, learning from each other yeah absolutely all right have a good fourth of july bye Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. 
If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.